We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? A Georgia Tech Athletics podcast for Georgia Tech alum and fans by Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Stephen. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, now more than ever, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. Welcome to episode number 24. We will call it the Marvin Lewis episode. Marvin Lewis, a two-year team captain who played in more games at the time, 130 than any other Yellow Jacket except Malcolm Mackey. He was also an outstanding student who earned the team's top student athlete award in 2003 and was twice named ACC All Academic. So we'll call this the Marvin Lewis Show. Joshua, tell everybody how we're feeling tonight as we record this on Wednesday evening right after the Louisville game. Uh, miserable, depressed, fed up, annoyed. I can go on and on. I'm going to try to save it for the, our last little segment. Uh, we're not going to be necessarily doing what we call the chunk. We're not going to be doing too much of a like a set-aside deep dive or like a general question. We're going to talk about the Louisville game. I'm going to attempt to not fly off the handle too much. Um, and we're basically going to do – we're just going to kind of talk about the basketball team, and we'll just kind of go from there. Um, there won't be like a set question. It's more just going to be like a, a wide ranging analysis of what's gone wrong to where we are this horrible and horrendous of a basketball team and program. Uh, all I can say to people is I do believe it will get better uh, because it can't get much worse than where we are right now. This has been a tough year for us to start this podcast, but in some respects, this is part of what you have to deal with when you are a Georgia Tech alum and fan. So welcome in. Like Joshua said, if you're a new listener to the show, we welcome you here. Uh, We hope you invite other Georgia Tech alum and fans to join us. Uh, We do two parts to the show. We try to cover as much uh, athletic news as we can that we get from various sites. We try to give as much credit to everybody who does this for a professional on a professional level and does a great job covering our beloved jackets. We like to go a little bit more in-depth. Tonight, we are is so much in the depths that we are going to just talk basketball and maybe get beyond just yelling and shouting, and maybe there's something we can look at or or discuss and, and just be rational about it. But I don't know. It's going to be hard. So uh, quickly, Joshua, why don't you start us? There is some recruiting news on the football front. Yes, so uh, February is kind of the official national signing day um, because of various different things. Uh, Early signing day, which we covered in um, which we covered in December, has kind of become the new official signing day where a lot of prospects make their decisions. But there's still some that hold out till February for various reasons. Georgia Tech did pick up a few other um, few other players. Um, They got some commitments on like scholarship offers. So the first one, uh, the big name one is Bailey Stockton. He's a 5'10", 175 pound wide receiver from Prince Avenue Christian School in Bogart, Georgia. Um, he is a he's a small white receiver. 
Um, he's not highly graded anywhere. He did have offers from Georgia State and Army. Uh, but the stats tell you that he can play. He had 74 catches for 1,425 yards and 22 touchdowns this past season. Um, I'm assuming he was playing in some kind of private school league, so I would take those numbers with a bit of a grain of salt. But either way, I did see somewhere, I think he ran about a 4-4-40. So he, kid's got some speed. He's a good athlete. He also plays baseball for the high school. So um, I don't know if he's coming to Tech to play baseball or if he's just away. Uh, interesting get. Uh, the next one is Archer running back. Um, let me pull him up. Archer running back Chad Alexander. Uh, he's a 5'10", 175-pound running back from that high school at Lawrenceville, Georgia. He's unranked. He had some offers from Army, Air Force, um, a few other places. Not highly touted, but uh, did end up coming to Georgia Tech. A um, little bit of a late addition. Georgia Tech didn't really offer him until relatively recently. Um, he also decommitted from Army in December, so he had been committed there. So not a bad pickup. Um, could just be you know more depth to the running back room. Um, they also had a few priority walk-on guys commit to the team, which basically means they'll be on the team, um, but they will not have a scholarship. So they'll, they'll just be they'll be there at practice. I don't know if they'll be you know, dressing out or whatever. Um, I'll give you the notable ones that I picked up on. I'm not going to go through all of them because there's like four or five. Um, the big one was Chuma Okoye, who's a 6'2", 205-pound linebacker from Decula, Georgia, uh, Decula High School. Uh, does not ranked, um, had the same general offer sheet as the last two teams, um, Georgia state army, also middle Tennessee state in there. But, um, he, from everything that I've seen and been told, he's a very good player. seems like a bit of a good athlete, um, might be really, really raw, but, uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. And then the other one is Alfred, high school product, Ben Guthrie, 5'11", 170 pound quarterback. Uh, not ranked is another one of those priority walk-ons. All I'll say is our offensive coordinator had a lot of success with an under six foot, you know, hundred something pound quarterback at his previous stop. So who knows? Maybe Ben Guthrie is the next Stetson Bennett. Yeah, if he can go to a junior college, come in and and play quarterback at age twenty four. As long as he stays away from Dallas at six a.m. and does not get arrested for public intoxication while he should be training for the NFL draft. Well, I like those guys. I like those guys who are getting offer sheets from uh, from Army. Uh, clearly, you know, good students, good athletes, disciplined yeah. people. So, uh, Brent Key type guys. I don't know if they'll ever make the field, but I'm sure they'll be great guys in the locker room, good on practice I think field. Bailey Stockton, Bailey Stockton could surprise. And yeah. just to wrap it up, since this is about the end, for those of you that do care about this kind of stuff, Georgia Tech checks in um, on 24/7 with the 61st ranked recruiting class um in the composite but the number 24 transfer class Ooh. so we've got that going for us. there you go uh so i'm going to give about three or four different pieces of information all off of ramblinrec.com if you're not uh checking that out that's why you listen to our show so i'll give you some of the highlights there are some other uh items of information about uh track and field the indoor season and the outdoor season swimming and diving but just a few things first of all a little bit of good news the lady jackets basketball team did get their second acc win they're two and eight in the conference it was a race to two and the women's team won uh they are 11 and 10 overall they beat clemson 85 74 at home uh, five Yellow Jackets in double figures. 85 was their top point total for the year. 
Tony Morgan, freshman, collected another double-double, this time with points and assists. Uh, and also uh, Cameron Short, Cameron Swartz, excuse me, led the Jackets off offensively. Uh, she, uh, uh, she and Kayla Blackshear uh, and Tony Morgan definitely kind of led the team. And they really played well and, you know, had a nice game. So uh, Swartz came off the bench to score 24 points. Uh, Blackshear also had a career high with 19 points. And then, like I said, 13 points from Morgan. She also had 12 assists. So shout out to the Lady Jackets. Good win against uh, Clemson. Hope you can keep it going. Uh, Other piece of information I do want to let everybody know, both the baseball and softball teams and their seasons are about to get started. The softball team does start on February 10th which will be basically next week. They are facing UConn at home. The baseball team starts their season at home on February 17th. If you go to ramblinrec.com or search for ticket packages, there are flex game packages, six game packs. Uh, Definitely go check out the uh, baseball and softball team uh, and their work coming up. Last piece of information I do want to let you know is that two Georgia Tech golfers have been named to the Ben Hogan Award watch list. Uh, And I had that up. Give me two seconds. My apologies. Georgia Tech's Ross Steelman and Christo Lamprecht are among 37 of the nation's most accomplished collegiate golfers. (laughs) who've been named to the watch list for the 2023 Ben Hogan Award presented by PNC Bank. Steelman and Lamprecht are currently ranked in the top 25, number 22 and 23, respectively, among the top amateurs in the world in the latest World Amateur Golf Ranking. Both players did compete in the U.S. Amateur Championship last summer, and Lamprecht represented his homeland of South Africa in the World Amateur Team Championships, and Steelman was invited to the December practice of candidates for the U.S. Walker Cup team. So shout out to those guys. We're looking for great things from them this spring season, and who knows, maybe one of them will walk away as the Ben Hogan Award winner. And if you do a little research, there are plenty of pro golfers in the top world rankings professionally who were past finalists and also past winners of that award. So shout out to Steelman and Lamprecht, and good luck to them in the spring season. Absolutely. Well, before we get into our long, potentially long conversation about basketball, uh, I'll give you the facts of what's happened in the last week, and I'll try not to burst out into tears or anger or we're here screen curse words and obscenities into the microphone. We're here for you. Bring it in. Bring it in. So um, Saturday the 28th, Georgia Tech played at home against the Duke Blue Devils and got absolutely boat raced and ran off the floor. No two ways about it. Duke doubled up Georgia Tech's score uh, for a final total of 86 to 43. This is in Atlanta, by the way. So that makes it even more pathetic that it was at home. Um, only one person on the Yellow Jackets scored in double figures, and that was Tristan Maxwell off the bench. Um, next highest scorer on the team was Rodney Howard at nine. Uh, nobody had a good game like at all. There's nobody to really highlight, except for Rodney, in that he had 9.6 rebounds and three blocks. 
So, um, but he followed that up also with three turnovers. Not necessarily much you can take from that. As a team, Georgia Tech shot 31% from the field, 23% from three-point range, and 67% from the line. They had 12 total assists um, and also had 20 rebounds, three of them offensive, while Duke had 37, with 10 of them being offensive. And then the one that I had circled on the calendar as the one team that we absolutely had to be, no questions about it. They're the worst team, potentially at all of the Power Five in college basketball. The Louisville Cardinals will came into this team 2-19 and and 0-10 in the ACC. Yes, we were on the road, but either way, they were horrible. They had had a horrible season up to this point. And so wouldn't you know it, they won 68-58 to against Georgia Tech. Uh, Kyle Sturdivant had one heck of a game, at least in terms of counting stats, 17 points, four rebounds, four assists. He did do it on five of 16 shooting and two of nine from three-point range. Uh, Javon Franklin had another standout game, eight points, 12 rebounds, three blocks, four steals, and only one turnover. Miles Kelly had 16 points on 16 shots. Um, And then as a team, Georgia Tech shot 30% from the field, 26% from three, and 63% from the line with 10 total assists on the game. All right. Joshua, I want to do something here real quick, okay? Because I think right now everybody listening to this and everybody you and I have seen, you on your Discord chat, me on various social media sites – the 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 consensus bar none of what's being said online and in groups is this team sucks josh pastner sucks when is jay back gonna fire him who are we gonna bring in should we bring in a former player what should we do i mean this season is lost to everybody Mm -hmm. at this point okay so is there anything to discuss worth redemption or is there any reason to even keep talking about men's basketball? Because here's, here's what I did as this game was starting to slip away. And actually, as I was watching us play tonight, you know, I went back and after we beat Georgia, we start this and, and Alabama state, I'm going to throw that out. That was a tune-up game. You know, we start with UNC Clemson, Virginia, Miami, and Florida State, okay? Those, you know, Clemson, Virginia, Miami, I mean, those are top of the conference teams, right? Mm-hmm. And we only win one of those games, but we're we're fighting in a lot of those games. And you go look at the stats, and we're, we're shooting about 40% and maybe 30 from three, or, or you know, 40, 45 and, and 40. I mean, we're, we're not great, but we're passable. And we just, we aren't stopping people. But after the Notre Dame game, which we had a six-point lead, five-point lead, whatever it was, and we gave that game away. That's the one where I got very frustrated. After that loss, you can go to every one of these losses. We're playing Pittsburgh, NC State, Syracuse, Clemson, Duke, and now Louisville. Other than Clemson Duke, these are all middle of the pack teams. And if we want to be playing well, we should be more competitive against them. But you go to Pittsburgh, okay? And I just want to just just walk this with me. At the Pittsburgh game, we shoot 41% from three, 12 of 29. But we shoot 36% overall, 24 of 66. 
37 shots from two, and we only hit 12. And we're 0 of 3 from the free throw line. NC State. Let's go to that one. That's the famous 10% from three. We're 2 of 21, and we're only 39% overall, 28 of 71. So we're only 26 of 50. Okay, we're actually a little better from two, but we're so bad from three and took so many, we had no chance. Go to the Syracuse game. That's the one game where I think, other than Virginia, the team really stepped up the defense and really affected us defensively. 43% from feel overall, 32% from three, 50% from the line, but we have 14 turnovers. That's defensive pressure. Clemson kills us. We shoot 17% from three, 34% overall. Duke, I I mean, that just was the worst game I've seen in 30 years. And now here against Louisville tonight, we had seven three-pointers in the first half. Guess how many we finished with for the game? Seven. We only shot, we were at 40% from three in the first half. Seven of 27, 26% overall, 30% overall from the field. We were 11 of 35 from two. And if you've been watching the games, this is not everybody's playing great defense against. And, and people talk about, and we've talked about, the offense, passers offense, passers offense. And trust me, it can get way better. But we are missing wide open shots. Wide open shots from the from the free throw line. Wide open shots from three. This team is not playing great defense, and they are missing open shots. And we used to be a team that couldn't get open shots, so we just had to struggle to get any shot that was open. We're getting open shots and not hitting them. That's my frustration. I don't see a ton of open shots, honestly. And I think the biggest reason that this offense is so stuck in the mud is that they have zero guy on the team that really puts consistent pressure on the rim. And I think that really hurts the overall balance, because especially as you get more tape on the team, if you could cut off the like, if you you know Miles Kelly can shoot can shoot the three ball. You know that Debo Coleman can shoot the three ball. Uh, for, but for one, Debo Coleman's been horrible the past couple weeks. He's not hitting open shots like you said. Miles Kelly isn't getting nearly as many open threes as he used to, and I think it's because a lot of people seem to have kind of figured out he doesn't he doesn't really have a lot of moves going to the basket, and he's not a great finisher. So just kind of guard him out on the three point line. And this is the same thing with the rest of the team. I mean, Rodney Howard, anytime he touches the ball, isn't really much of a threat to do much of anything. Jalen Moore has some slipperiness and he has some athleticism, but there's so many times that he gets into the paint, he picks up his dribble, has no plan for what to do, and then takes a fallaway hook shot that barely graces the rim. Javon Franklin puts a lot of pressure on the rim, but he's not the most coordinated. Tristan Maxwell doesn't really get to the rim a lot. Kyle Sturdivant gets into the mid-range area, but rarely does he ever actually get all the way to the rim. Uh, Davon Smith, when he plays, when even when he gets to the rim, which he doesn't because people sag off him so far because he can't shoot, even when he gets to the rim, he doesn't have a lot of finishing tacked around the rim. It's just there's there's not a lot of balance on this team. There's, there, there's a lot of ill-fitting pieces, it feels like, to where it drags the collective team down. 
because a lot of people are playing roles that they shouldn't really be playing. So I think you and I see this team very, very differently. And I, I, I'm a very glass half full kind of guy. Every, I think people who know me kind of know that I'm always looking for the best in situations. And just as someone who has watched, every, you know, every year of Pastner, and someone who watched a lot of Cremens and someone who watched a lot of Hewitt, I kind of skipped out on Gregory because I was never a huge fan and and we were living away. But the 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 frustration here is is to me that we said at the beginning of this season, I think the ceiling of this team was to be like, you know, eighth or ninth, maybe seventh, kind of, you know, be the top of the bottom half of the ACC. That's what we that's that was like ceiling for this team. And but we realistically were like, hey, everybody picked us last. If we finish 10th, 11th, you got to go, well, at least we beat the predictions. And that was kind of probably where I thought if we had an average year. So, and Pastner said at the very beginning, the star of this team is the team. When we were talking off air, you said something about how this team is, you know, nobody's, people are in places they shouldn't be. And you said, Miles Kelly shouldn't be a number one scorer. Miles Kelly may have more points at, per average, but there are plenty of games where he's not even close to being the number one scorer. It seems like every game there's a new number one scorer, which preaches that there is no star on this team. So there is no stir that there is no straw that stirs the drink. There is no get him the ball and get a bucket. And that means you're going to really struggle and you've got to play well as a team. And to me, this team. The only time they've played well was when they beat Georgia and they beat Miami. And then we outclassed some of the division two teams. Yeah. That's it. I feel what you're saying. It's just the issue becomes, especially I feel like in the last couple of games for, especially, and I saw it in the Louisville game specifically when I tuned in, I had something else that I had to do, but I tuned in about halfway through the first quarter or first half. There's so much, the offense was so stagnant. Like, I don't, I don't know if everybody else saw it, but it just seemed like, like the main play was Kyle Sturdivant gets a screen and then we figure it out from there. I didn't see a lot of off ball cutting. I didn't see a lot of back screens. I didn't see a lot of pin downs or curls. It didn't seem like there was much of a plan on offense. See, I'm going to disagree with you to a point. Now you and I will definitely, I will agree. I would like to see the offense have more motion, but I will say that in the last and and just throw out the Duke game to an extent that was just an awful game, but there are they're running a lot more out of the Princeton. They're doing a lot more back cutting. They're doing a lot more look to back cut and then step back, and that's where they're getting open threes. There are there have been so many basically uncontested wide open three point shots. What they're not doing is a lot of drive and dish. They're not doing a lot of that. They're doing handoffs and they're doing back cut, dump down, that kind of stuff. And they're getting a lot of open shots. And to me, it's you should be shooting a lot better than basically 30% over the last six or seven games across everything and they're just missing way too many two-pointers now i think you and i got frustrated there was a period of time where it was just way too much 
I'm going to just get the ball. Everybody clear out. And I'm going to just, I'm going to just pound the guy down. They're not doing that as much. You know, I got to go get a bucket because they don't really have that in them with anybody. Tonight, I saw a concerted effort to push a lot more. And I was saying, I think that's what you get. You got to be more athletic. And they did it and they were getting open shots. They just aren't hitting them. They just are not hitting enough. And and I'm I'm sorry. I, I okay, we can blame Passner and maybe he's gone at the end of the year, but I don't think it's because these players are so bad. Now, one other thing well, if they're not hitting open shots, then what are they? <laughs> they're in a funk. I mean, they are in a funk that they were not in at the beginning of the year. If they go Even into then it doesn't address the defensive issues. Well, and tonight they played much better defense. I was if you look I think Louisville just sucks. Well, they're bad. There's no question. But we are, too. And there were a lot more jump in the lane. There were a lot more getting in front of people. So, I, you know, I, I saw some things that... Louisville played above their season averages against us. They, they played above average for them. And we played below average. I can pull up the numbers right now. You ready? Louisville on the season. They're shooting... Let me make sure this is Louisville. Louisville on the season shooting 41% from the field, 32% from three, and they're averaging 62 and a half points. 62, 65, 59, 70, 72, 69, 63, 64, and they had 68. Okay, yeah, you're right. Now, yeah, they they tacked on some at the end. They, this This was a... Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. A little bit above. So they not to mention they... on the season they their opponents shoot forty seven and a half percent from the field, and we shot like thirty. Right. Do you so, know why their opponents shoot forty seven percent from the field? They leave a lot of guys open. We had a lot of open shots tonight that we just didn't hit. I, I don't know what to say because if you don't hit open shots, like what's what's the so we're in a just, function. So should we scrap the whole roster and just to have a guy bring in all his new players? I mean, if we bring in a new coach, that'll probably end up happening, at least to an extent. I don't think that we'll scrap the whole roster. I think there's plenty of guys that deserve more time on this team, and I think that there are guys that have, you know, provided reasons to stay. I'm just saying, like, again, Miles Kelly shouldn't be your best all-around scorer. Debo Coleman shouldn't be your number two. You're like your second best all-around scorer. He hasn't been number two all year. But he's number two on the team in points per game. So I, there's nobody else stepping up to fill these roles, Dad. I'm telling you that based on the numbers and how they've produced, these are the guys that would qualify as our second best overall scorer. And yet he shouldn't be. So He's been horrible for the last two months. And yet he's still number two on the team in points per game. So there's nobody else stepping up to fill this void. I just want to tell our audience that our fan, Joshua, has gotten so – frustrated and so down and depressed by this team that he actually let slip a secret of the show of our of our of our actual relationship by calling me a different name so we we, we, we mentioned could, it we mentioned he, it before he lacked professionalism there that's how bad I, it's bro, gotten it, i'm tired of and this is the this is one thing i wanted to mention before because the fire passenger crowd i didn't want to hop on the bandwagon i really did Right. And but I said this was the game that was going to push me over. And this is the game that's pushed me over because in the end, it is his program. Right. The players might not execute, yada, yada, yada. And that's true. But in the end, he's the one that's gotten these players here. 
Mm-hmm. He's the one that put these players on the team. He's the one that's instilled all these strategies and whatever. The thing that I've noticed, I went back and I was looking at this. You know, I hate to always harp on recruiting, but recruiting does matter because when you get good players in, it's easier to win with good players. Did you know in the talent-rich state of Georgia, in his entire time here at Georgia Tech University, the Georgia Institute of Technology, Josh Pastner has kept two kids from Georgia in the state in his recruiting classes coming out of high school. And those two players are Evan Cole. Do you remember Evan Cole? I remember Evan. Evan Cole and Jordan Mecca are the only two people that he has kept. Now, the the thing he's done is he's found kids who left Georgia, went to another school, didn't play a lot, and then brought them back. Guys like Davon Smith, Kyle Sturdivant, and Jordan Usher. And Rodney Howard. And God forbid Rodney Howard. Um, That is, to me, I just, I don't get it, like, personally. Oh, Lance Terry. Lance Terry's from Georgia. So, so you can do that, but why not just get these kids out of high school? Like, why not come for them and be like, hey, you can stay home. You can play in the city of Atlanta. And it's an easy pitch now with NIL because you're like, do you see how many businesses are around us? But he's going to New Jersey and picking kids up. He's, he's going everywhere but Georgia. And I just, I don't understand why you would ignore so much talent in your own backyard. It doesn't make sense to me. Yes, uh, but for those people who've been online and saying we got to get better at recruiting, all of our top recruits in the history of Georgia Tech came from outside the state. Mark Price, Bruce Dalrymple, John Sally, Tom Hammonds. How many kids yeah. were we bringing in from Georgia? Not many. So why are we not tapping this? That's. But my point is, even our success, we didn't necessarily get it out of the state of Georgia. But that was so Mark Price. Those that was all in the eighties. That's that's. I feel like if you are coming into a job, especially when Pastor came in at Georgia Tech, where it was so barren of talent, why are you not stay within the Southeast and get kids from there? Getting a kid like Blue Cane from Florida, I'm cool with that. I like getting kids from Florida. Kids like like Debo Coleman from Florida, that works. But why are you not trying to tap kids who are 20 minutes away from you? So part of it is if you go back and look. He made offers to a lot of those kids who came back to tag. So he made an offer for, I believe he made an offer to Kyle Sturdivant. Sturdivant chose USC with Usher and both came back. I believe he might've even made an offer to Usher. So he's, he's made those offers. He also, by the way, he also got Josh Okogie out of the state of Georgia. So give him credit for that. I think, I think Okogie came before him. Uh, Wasn't Okogie on his first team? Uh, okay, but he kept the kept the commitment that Gregory got. If that's that's the case, and he left. He left for the NBA the next year. Yeah. Um. But I mean, just, so just as an example, looking at the offer sheets for the 2023 class, he's got an offer to one point guard from Georgia. He's got an offer to one uh, two shooting guards from Georgia. He's offering kids from Arizona, California. Why are we not like let's tap Georgia just a little bit more? I don't know. I just I there's so many things wrong with the Georgia Tech basketball program right now that to me the only logical exponent the only logical move is a reset. Personally. Okay. Well, can I finish with a piece of good news? Absolutely. So no matter what happens to Josh Pastner from this point and 
everybody online and a lot of people we're talking to, you know, is it time for him to go? Maybe, maybe not. I, that's not our decision. I certainly would understand if they have him leave. But if nothing else, he gave us the joy of two things. One being maybe the most enjoyable basketball player to watch on one of uh, in Jose Alvarado, who, by the way, his sophomore year with another young sophomore named Moses Wright, really, really struggled to, you know, have a had a very rough season. And Josh Pasner is one of only two Georgia Tech basketball coaches to ever win an ACC tournament. He did do that. Yes. First first time since 1993. So yes. and then immediately followed it up with a 12 and 20 campaign. Correct. And, and now he's here losing to Louisville. Yep. With 33% of their Listen, I was trying to give you some good news in this depth dark deep dark place. There's no good news, man. I there's nothing there's no there's no real good news to to Yes, Pastner had 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 some good success and if he had followed that up with some with solid seasons after his job would be very secure. But All right, let me try he followed again. it up with horrible years, it's not. Okay, let me try again. This is my last okay. attempt, and, and we'll try to end this show well. Uh, we currently have the top rated ACC baseball. There you go. Class. Yeah, that's what I'm focused on. We're focused on baseball now. All right, tech has a good baseball program. We can focus on that. That's coming up soon. Softball season starts February 10th. Baseball season starts February 17th. You can buy single game tickets or flex packs or just buy tickets to all the games. Check them out on the ACC network. I'm sure there will be plenty of games to watch. We will be covering them here in this fabulous podcast. Joshua, why don't you tell uh, our dozens and dozens of listeners how they can keep in touch with the show? Uh, best way, if you want to correct us on something we said, agree with us, or just, you know, add a, add a comment, uh, you can email me at joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N. So joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Ladies and gentlemen of the What's the Good Word podcast universe, I would like to tell you, and I believe strongly, that it will get better for the basketball program. We think it might be starting to get better for the football program. We are a proud institution. Uh, We are proud of who we are and the fact that we had to look to those of us who are alum, we had to look to our left, look to our right, and two of us weren't going to be there. We're the ones sitting here listening because we're alum. If you're fans, you're a fan because you appreciate good academics. You're a fan because you don't just follow the crowd and all the people who follow that other misspelled canine university down the road out in rural Georgia. But instead you follow the Institute. And so we're, we're, we're happy to have you on board and I have to believe it's going to get better. And we believe it might get better even during the baseball season. So uh, for my uh, friend and fan, Joshua, I am the alum Steven. Joshua, remind us of that question that we need to be reminded of. What's the good word?